0: It's Friday night, everybody. Everybody. You know what that means. It's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton. Hi, I'm Matt.
1: And I'm John. And we're... Friday Night Games. We want to immerse you into our love of the hobby by educating and entertaining you through our board gaming adventures. Our podcast lands every Friday, and we create content for Instagram, Twitter and the internet's.
2: Yes. In this episode is sponsored by tabletoprenaissance.ca located in our hometown of Windsor, Ontario, Canada. They have their web store up and running, so check out tabletoprenaissance.ca for your board game and tabletop miniature needs. All right, Matt, we got a special episode tonight. All right. We have a guest on named Mondo Davis, who is a game designer that I found up on the TikToks. Oh, wow. Well, (laughs) welcome, Mondo. How's it going?
0: It's going well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on, y'all.
2: Yeah. Nice. So, Mondo, tell our listeners about yourself.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, So, I'm an independent board game designer. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I've been designing for about 5 years and currently have 4 four designs under contract that will hopefully be coming out within the next year or so. And doing I've been doing the TikTok thing for a few months now. Just kind of have I have a channel that's that's primarily focused on board game design, which is something that was kind of absent from TikTok when I first got on there. So that's been a pretty fun, fun process getting engaged in that. What's your channel's name? Games by Mondo. Yeah, awesome. all one word there.
2: So today I thought we would go over the design process. Maybe if Mondo has any advice for new designers, ask them some questions and talk about some of his upcoming releases and maybe talk about why TikTok is a good platform as a game designer. Sweet, let's do, right. so, let's do it. All right. So Mondo, when getting into the, to be a designer... Of board games, where should one start? How does it, how did it start for you? I guess.
0: I think every designer probably has a different story, and for me, I, I actually was not a hobby board gamer at all. I was more or less unaware of the of the hobby at all when I first designed a board game because I had this idea for a game that that was based on an old computer game that I used to play as a kid that was no longer something you could find.
1: Hold on, let's let's press pause here. What was the computer game?
0: (laughs) It was called Escape Velocity.
1: I never heard of it. <laughs> yeah,
0: so it was this old space simulator that ran on like an old Mac OS systems that were, you know were replaced, and it just kind of disappeared. And I don't know when you think about games that you played as a kid, it's like you probably you guys probably experienced that too, where you just sort of have these really fond memories of of that experience in the game itself, even if the game was really crap or whatever. So I was in that space, was you know kind of mourning the loss of of that game. <laughs> And thought, man, I, I wish somebody would make a board game about it. That could be fun. And oh. and had that thought and tried it out. So and,
1: so what was what was Escape Velocity? What was that about?
0: Yeah, so it was a little like f- whatever the equivalent of Flash was back then, space game where you you owned a ship and you flew from like system to system and landed on planets and did missions and upgraded your ship and ship cargo and you know kind of standard like space exploration game I mean there's a ton of them that are similar mm-hmm. I think in theme but I, I think it was the fir- it was the only it was the first game I played as a kid where I kind of had that like compounding progress experience where I was like you know making these little upgrades and like growing my ability to do things and I don't know like I j- it was just this kind of novel experience that it was the first time I ever had that in a game so I, I like yeah, like, I really loved it and played probably way too much as a kid.
2: <laughs> awesome. So did anything come out of that game at all, or is it something you just uh, kind of no. <laughs> It Sounds like our game. So, was, no wait, so time. you, you oh. started
1: making this game, and then you just, you're like, no, this game is, it's, just as terrible as the game I remember playing, or, or what? what happened there?
0: Actually, quite the opposite. Oh, um... well,
1: it was awesome. And you didn't, and you, and you <laughs> no,
0: no, 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 no. Okay. It was terrible. It was always terrible. <laughs> okay. But I didn't know that it was terrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I said, I didn't really have any experience in, in you know, with, with the hobby or in the industry. I did, I play tested it with a lot of friends and family who were just super impressed and excited that they knew somebody that made a board game. That's awesome. So their feedback was just overwhelmingly positive. It weren't people that, I mean, people that, you know, I care about and i great people, but they didn't know enough about board games to be able to give really, you know, helpful criticism or feedback. So I, I just had this idea that like this game was awesome because everybody that plays it loves it. So I should figure out what the next steps are and actually ended up pitching it to several publishers, including Rio Grande and Mayfair Wow! <laughs> at conventions.
1: That's actually, that's pretty hard to do that. So that's pretty like hat, my hat, my hat is off to you there.
2: That's (laughs) awesome. Oh, I
0: just, I I was, yeah, I was painfully overconfident.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what though? I think that's like a good lesson because then you obviously like you learn, right? And the key is is to learn.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that was, you know, I learned all about like how you contact publishers and how you make a sell sheet and how you pitch a game and, and all those kind of things that I do all the time now that was you know I just had this crash course and that through using you know trying to ship shop this terrible little game around <laughs>
2: <laughs> so after that initial experience that you had what was kind of the the next game or the next step that you took to push you into the realm of being a board game designer
0: yeah I mean I I once I figured out that that game wasn't any good <laughs> i still really love the process like I, I was i really enjoyed you know the whole experience of putting a game together and bringing people around together to play it and so so i, I kind of dabbled in some other designs and that sort of thing but then i the first game that i signed was a game called color field which is supposed to be hitting kickstarter this fall from 25th century games nice. and that game came out of kind of a shift in my approach i had been playing some games and really learned how to pay attention to the mechanics and the decisions that designers made on a mechanical level versus, you know, starting from a thematic point and trying to make a game about a specific theme. So that shift that happened probably, you know, two and a half or three years ago started me down that path of like creating games that just work better. I don't know, that are more interesting and that are more fun to play. And it's it's been it's been some it's been some positive growth since that. It's been fun to see it all come kind of unfold.
1: So what's Colorfield all about? I have no idea. I'm sure no one does yeah. either. So it's gonna be hitting Kickstarter very soon. But go for it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So Colorfield is a tile laying game where players are making a painting. They have a, a, a two by three grid of, of square tiles in front of them, and the tiles have different colors on all the four sides of the tiles. And they the players are trying to basically swap tiles out uh, with the tiles on their board to match up the colors and try and make his make. Kind of big swaths of of matching color and that sort of thing. So you score points for for matching the colors on the tiles with with what's around it. And very very kind of simple design, but it's got a cool little thematic thing because you actually have a painting, you know, on the on the table in front of you that you're like manipulating and, and improving as you go. Hmm, sounds That's really kind cool. of the gist of it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I definitely would love yeah, to see it's, it it's, uh, in action. I think that'd be really, some, the concept sounds really neat. Yeah.
0: Cool, thanks. Yeah, the best part about it is my, my wife, who's an, who's an artist professionally, did the artwork for it. Oh, nice. And when Chad bought the design, licensed the game, he, he bought the artwork with it. So th- my wife's artwork is actually on the final version of the game, which we're really excited about.
1: That's, that's awesome because aw- awesome it's like a collaborative effort right there between you and your wife. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's uh, part of it. <laughs> did you
1: know you are going to be a team? At that point, <laughs> I mean, I guess you knew you were gonna be a team when they signed it. But did you did you know you were gonna be a team when you started designing?
0: No, I mean, I, I think I I chose to make Colorfield into a game about painting because I wanted to work on it with my with her. <laughs> <That's> oh, <cool. laughs> but you know, it it we haven't really collaborated on much since then. So that I don't know that we can kind of build ourselves as a design team. But she's definitely. You now know, now, now in, she's in like, uh,
1: leave me alone. I got things to do. <laughs> yeah. She's,
0: yeah. She knows, she knows how much work it takes now. So she's like, ah, I'm going to go.
1: <laughs> yeah. She like swoops in. In her mind, she's like, oh, yeah, I could, I could help with the art. And then she's like, oh, man, that color field game was a lot of work. I think I'll just yeah. walk
2: over here <laughs> slowly.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go find a project that pays more. That's, that's what she, <laughs> that's what
2: do. Yeah. And so when you're in the design process, obviously you're going to go through times where you kind of hit like a roadblock what do you do for yourself to get you out of that mindset where maybe you're thinking you can't complete this project or you kind of want to give up or or whatever
0: so i i spend a lot of time designing and i typically have anywhere from like four four to seven projects that I'm like at some stage in the process on. So for me, that's really helpful because if, you know, if I'm stuck on a certain game, I just, I can kind of shelve it and move on to the next one and, and kind of let time pass and, and come back to it with a fresh, fresh outlook. Cause I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really have any other way to approach that kind of block situation but i know that creativity comes when you start working <laughs> that's fair so having something to work on is usually pretty beneficial for that so yeah it helps it helps to have multiple projects going
1: how how much of your process do you think is like adaptation like you work on something and then you're like oh i got to pivot or i got to change how this works i mean like you're saying you have a couple projects is that like do you like to like sit on something and move on to another project and then hope that an idea comes to how to change the game to make it better
0: yeah, I mean, I think that I usually have one or two that I'm, like, m- mainly focused on at any given time. And, I mean, board game design is such an iterative thing. It's, you know, it's like the process is putting it in front of people and figuring out what's broken and then fixing that and then making a new version of it and, like, just continuing to do that over and over again until you feel like it's done. So... Yeah, I think it's all adaptation. It's just kind of this big cycle of of adaptation of, of you know, and applying feedback and uh, yeah. trying to trying to fix what you need to fix. Does that answer the question?
1: Yeah, I think so. I don't
2: I don't even <laughs> know what my
1: question was to be honest with you, but <laughs> no, no, you're good. <laughs> okay.
2: So actually, it's a good segue to my next question. I know at some point when we started Friday Night Games, Matt and I and a group of our friends had the idea of making a board game. You know. Once the the other people found out how much work it was, it it easily fell apart. <laughs> but how many like iterations or versions of the game do you go through before you know? I guess that that this is the final design. Like I no longer need to work on. Can this? I
1: refine that question? Yeah. What's the most iterations and what's the least iterations you've go. gone
2: through?
0: That's a that's a that's an interesting question. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that every designer that has. You know, been working at it for a while, probably has that experience where there's just like a game that just kind of fell on their lap or like they feel like after a few playtests it was ready to go. That's definitely the exception. I think that the fewest iterations I've ever had was probably like five or six, meaning like from this first version that we put in front of playtesters to the version that we, you know, licensed, signed. Yeah, like six, maybe. That's pretty impressive. Uh, that's like crazy, you know, like that doesn't happen. That's not like something that you can ever count on happening. A co-designed my, my game Mansplaining, which um, I co-designed with Fortessa Elise. It just like it came together. Like, And it helped that there were two of us working on it, and we were both pretty committed to getting getting done on it. But as far as like a lot of games with a lot of iterations, that's most of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have one game that I've been working on for the better part of two years, which it's so it's it's about trying to like revitalize this rural small american town like bring people back to this town that's kind of dying out from de- depopulation and it's got this emotional core that i'm like really trying to find you know and because i'm so committed to like the the emotion of it. It's like, it's never good enough kind of a thing. Like I'm never there. Oh, that makes sense. Hold on.
1: Hold on. I want to deep dive into this for a quick second. What, what town are we talking about? There's obviously something in there that this town means something to you. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) What town is that? Is it where you grew
0: up? So it, it doesn't represent one specific town, but my my family. So I'm from St. Louis, grew up in St. Louis, and you know my all of my family all comes from small towns in the Midwest, and most of them either don't exist or you know are just kind of I don't know what what I don't know what the the right word there is, but <laughs> in bad shape. So yeah. when you feel an emotion like that, I mean, as a creative person, my 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 instinct is to like try and use whatever my medium is to bring that to light or do something about it right so as a board game designer i was driving through actually i was driving through like south carolina i think we were on some back roads and went through all these towns that were just like empty i just kind of felt this sadness of like there's a lot of history here there's a lot of like experiences here that are just gone and that are that are leaving because of the way society is is kind of progressing which i'm not saying is good or bad but you know feeling that i had was like okay i, I want to do something about this to, you know communicate this or create some sort of experience around it and so i that's just where where you go is like all right i'll make a board game see if i can make a board game about it <laughs>
1: that's cool no i think yeah, that's that's, awesome. that's amazing because obviously you take something that's personal to you and you're trying to put it into some you know put it in like a, basically a story for someone else to understand what you're trying to portray right i think that's amazing
0: it actually sucks because all my other games are like i gotta i've got a cool mechanic let's let's figure out a theme that's fun that fits you know it's like i'm not like you know emotionally invested in, yeah. in any of my other designs the way i'm in this one so it's kind of frustrating to not be able to just walk away from it when it doesn't work maybe you should <laughs> just make it like it's
1: the saddest board game ever like every every result just makes you want to like cry <laughs> like no matter what
2: you do people will never come
0: yeah, there was at least one version that, that ended up being something like that. But. Oh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah, that's not, like the game sounds actually pretty interesting based off your short description. I hope it comes to fruition for you.
0: Me too. I actually, There's actually a, a company that is interested in it on a development basis, so that it may be happening someday, but we'll find out. Awesome.
2: That's awesome. So I guess that segues into my next question. So what really motivates you and why do you make board games?
1: Did that question just pop up while we we're talking? No.
2: <laughs> all right i thought it's, a, I saw it's it actually pop up. it's actually from one to mono's tiktoks
0: oh really yeah Oh, okay <laughs> so what motivates me to design board games yeah that's a great that's a good question i i don't know i i mean i i feel like i've always had a creative medium and of all of the creative mediums that i've you know, participated in or, or used like board game design, I think is the most exciting. It, it, the results of it are a lot more fun and interesting than like writing songs or, or writing poetry or things that I've done in the past. Like, I love creating community and the, in the ability, the capacity that board games have to like create shared experiences for people that, that bring people together and create community. So being able to put my creative effort into something that has that result and effect. And that, you know, I've experienced as a board gamer myself, like I've experienced that through other designs. So that gets me excited. Is certainly, you know, a, a, definitely a motivating factor for me as to why board games. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think that everybody has uh, has creative capacity. I think that some folks are more tuned to it than others. I think some folks are more like committed to it than others and mine just comes out through making board games
1: awesome that's
0: awesome yeah
1: yeah so i guess on that note what advice do you have for people who are trying to get into designing games or they're new to designing
0: yeah a lot of
2: (laughs) 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 just
1: yes we're going to be on this podcast for the next hour discussing this question right yeah i don't know maybe a few tips or whatever yeah yeah whatever the the you know whatever tips that you felt really helped you.
0: Sure. I, I think that when people start out, a lot of times they're really focused on getting their idea right. They want to do a lot of, of planning before they actually make a prototype or get something on the table. And I think that in my experience, and I think if you talk to a lot of designers, we'll tell you that making a prototype should be done like as quickly as possible. Your idea Like the initial idea doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't have to be developed like until you have pieces on the table you're not going to be able to create a board game (laughs) i mean which makes sense because like i said it's really iterative i mean you have to put it down you have to see how it works you have to see what doesn't work and just you know completely overhaul everything after each iteration until until it comes together so Get a prototype to table as quickly as possible would be my my easiest bit of advice. And don't don't get hung up on that. Yeah, don't idiot.
1: worry about what things look like. Just get things down there. Oh yeah, there of course. So you know what, <laughs> yeah. You know.
0: I took
2: like an online when we were creating our game I took like an online board game creating class whatever I found on the internet and mm-hmm. that was one of the big things was like make a prototype it can literally just be stick figures and yeah. like it doesn't need to be beautiful it just needs to have your basic ideas and
0: yeah just go I think new designers can be intimidated by how like amazing the board games that they play are yeah you know as far as like, artwork and components and stuff. And, you know, you're naturally going to compare yourself to to that what you know and, and what you have. You're going to compare what you have to to what you see other people doing. So, yeah, I think I think that some new designers might shy away from that. But, like, it's so crucial just to, like, get something on the table, you
1: know? So what would you give to a person who is just ready to give up? What would you say to them?
0: Well, I guess there's a lot of context there that I would probably... Okay, they <laughs> made, like...
1: Ninety versions of a game, and they're just like just they get a bunch of play testers, and everyone's complaining, and they haven't had that yeah. aha moment like how do you should they keep going i'm I'm asking for a friend
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that assuming that whatever you're like whatever you're working on is the only thing that you should be working on or like the ideas that you have towards a particular game are the only ideas that you are going to have or the only good ideas that you're going to have i think that's pretty detrimental to the process i think that like stopping what if something is is frustrating you or you're you're ready to give up on it like stop and move on to something else like start something new you know there's nothing wrong with that i, I think that the work that you do on a game design doesn't disappear if you stop working on it like it like your work it's still there and you can always go back to it and i feel like that's pretty healthy and uh not just in board game design like you know in, in, in life in life. And yeah. life.
1: Yeah. <laughs> i'm writing these notes down for myself by the way just so go. our listeners know
2: <laughs> so we all know that the current climate of the board game industry obviously there's a lot of unknowns especially with like the drastic wait times and expectations expenses and shipping and cardboard and all that stuff that's happening right now. How does that affect you as a board game designer or does that affect your process at all knowing that that is possibly something that could affect how your game is produced later down the line?
0: As a designer I don't really think about it. Okay. I feel like getting a game signed in a normal climate is really hard and the work that I do to get games signed like it's the same amount of work either way Fair. and if it's Harder to get a game signed because of the climate. It was already really hard anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So that doesn't really slow me down or change my approach. And honestly, I mean, I've gotten as much response from publishers in this climate than I have in other climates like again in kind of normal times I, th- I think that publishers are still trying to make games you know like it's, it's a lot it's a different process and it's more expensive and it's harder but like if a publisher is going to be a publisher they got to find games to sign right. uh, yeah I mean it, it might mean that I have to make games that are better than they used to have to be in order to like really stand out because fewer games are getting signed but like that's something I want to do anyway you know <laughs> that's kind of yeah, yeah
2: pushes you.
1: motivation right Right there yeah, yeah yeah
0: but yeah it's not i mean it's it's never been easy to sign a game but it, so I, I don't necessarily like feel that on my side of, as a designer but obviously there's there's a lot yeah it's a lot of trouble um for a lot of publishers and, and gamers and people all across the industry so feel yeah. feel for those folks for sure
2: i i what i liked about some of your what's the word i want to look for your your take on I saw one of your your video your TikToks about like the take on how this climate is increasing the prices of the board games at the retail level. And I like your take on it cuz you cuz you said that, you know, we're actually paying less than what the board games should be. Like you you, <laughs> you think they should be more money cuz like of what's actually involved in the design process and I, I thought that was a really cool take uh, of yours so i just wanted to say that
0: i think that i think that's absolutely true i mean if you get into like contracts and how much artists and designers and even publishers make off of board games it's like should be yeah like we should there should be more money in it based you know but <laughs> so yeah I, i'm yeah I stand <laughs> by it.
1: you're like without going into the specifics there should be more yeah, money for everybody I was, into it and I, and I agree with that but,
0: yeah.
2: yeah well it just shows I, that like you know, the people who are making games are doing it because they, they love doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I
1: think I think the cli- like the current climate, and if people don't know what we're talking about, it's just like games are getting more expensive due to shipping and things like that. Some companies are eating those costs, and that actually hurts mm-hmm. the publisher also yep. because they promised mm-hmm. a Kickstarter a certain price. And they're like, well, this is what we promised, and we don't want to ask $50 more shipping. So this is what it is. Yeah. And, and, and to that note, it's like, yeah, you're right. Like, if the games were more expensive, then that hit wouldn't be as drastic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But unfortunately it is so
2: i'm just waiting for yeah. those emails to to come for more shipping because i still want the game so i'm gonna still pay for mm-hmm. it right so i don't like I, I personally don't care if you if you need more money to ship the game so i can get it yeah so but I'm we're asking.
1: we're also like content creators slash we want to help the industry there's a lot of people who would yeah. be like no no uh, well, yeah you now it's free you know what i mean yeah.
0: <laughs> or people that i mean legitimately can't you know can't swing it. it can't afford it like yeah, that's yeah. Real. real that
1: is awesome i feel true. like there's more trolls in our group though than there is <laughs> <That's true. laughs> i mean no you're right you're right there is people who can't afford it but i feel like the trolls are the ones who are vocal about it yeah that's which is unfortunate that's true yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> awesome so you mentioned a couple games that are are coming up so you have color field and mansplaining are your upcoming releases that are Good to go. Oh, can we talk about mansplaining a little bit? Yes. <laughs> I know you were interested in it.
1: I have, Yeah, because just before you, before you get into it, at work, we always have a mansplaining joke. So I'm a peer systems analyst, and we have a girl on our team, and one joke we always do is that we're always mansplaining to her, whether we are or not. <laughs> <laughs> so... And then she, so she just calls us out on it all the time. Yeah, yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah. What is this game about?
0: Yeah, so mansplaining is a party game. Again, like I said, I, I co-designed it with Fortessa Elise, but it's so players take turns mansplaining a topic. So you have a card with a topic on it that's something like how to mow the lawn or how to do dishes or some, <laughs> kind of a simple task.
1: How to make? How to get in the kitchen to make us a sandwich? Oh, this, uh, is, a, this is a terrible one. Oh, I'm gonna be killed by my no. wife. Yeah. No, we
0: we stayed we stayed away from stuff like that. That's but good. But for the so uh, it, for
1: the not safe for work version, though, you you have my permission to use yeah. what I just said. <laughs>
0: Thanks. <laughs> but yeah. So you, so players take a turn mansplaining this topic. They have a minute to do it, but they also have four detail words. So these are like kind of more obscure words that aren't related to their topic. So like, you know, convalescence or leather or something like that. So they have to try and like mansplain, you know, how to mow the lawn while sneaking these unrelated words in. Oh man. Um, hope, <laughs> in a way that hopefully the audience doesn't catch them because afterwards the audience is going to guess what the what the topic was and what those detail words were. And then you get points for guessing and all that. So
2: That actually sounds like a lot of fun.
1: That sounds like a lot of fun, yeah. I think we should keep it on Michaela's radar. She would love that game.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah it's 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 been fun to play test people we've had gotten some really good reactions from it so we're excited about it
1: that makes sense why earlier you said it only hit five iterations before it came out because it, the idea is fun right so you're like oh this this iteration is really fun so throw
0: it out yeah. there fast well and once we had that central idea it really just became about like tweaking the cards and point <laughs> systems or whatever that was relatively easy
2: do you have a date for when that's being released
0: it's early next year the original idea has kind of been pushed back just because Breaking Games, the publisher, is actually putting a lot of resources into marketing it right now, which has nice. been fun. For Tessa and I have been able to kind of participate in that process of figuring out how we're gonna promote it. So early next year is is the best I can do. But Breaking Games is the they're the ones to follow for updates on that. I think they have a mailing list.
1: Let me uh, check something real quick. Breaking Games is who I think they are. Yeah,
2: it is. Is it? Oh, it is. Okay. <laughs>
1: oh, man. Because, okay, now that I know who it is, they have like a great marketing team. Like they did Rise of Tribes and they actually contacted mm-hmm. us just to like have fun with it. I mean, we didn't send us a game or anything, but it was really cool because their whole, tri- they like made a whole Instagram ac- or a Twitter account and was just like completely talking and like a totally different, they're talking like they're a tribe from whatever the game. I'm like this is, this is insane. So like I'm, I'm looking forward to see what they do with this. Yeah.
0: They've, they've, they've got a lot of folks on it. So it'll be, it'll be fun to see.
2: Awesome. Awesome. Do you have any other games on the horizon other than those two?
0: The two other games I have under contract, they're a little bit farther out in the pipeline, but one is called Into the Woods, which is just like a trading, it's a card game where you trade cards out to try and match sets. Very, very simple, but that's due out with Gold Seal games. And then I have a game called Sorrento, which is like a drafting stacking game where you draft and stack little house meeples on top of each other to try and hit patterns and collect sets and that sort of thing. Which is signed by Weird Giraffe Games, so probably like late twenty twenty two for both of those. Awesome. And then hopefully, hopefully, Small Town someday.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm actually really intrigued about that, so I'm gonna keep a close close eye here sure, yeah. about that because that sounds pretty pretty cool Uh, thanks awesome so we connected over the tiktok app so how do you find that platform as a board game designer to get your advice out to the masses i guess
0: i really enjoy being on tiktok which has surprised me just because my perceptions about it you know early on when i first heard about it are probably pretty similar to other people my age that it seemed really juvenile and silly but it's just a great social media platform like their algorithms and their AI is like just really good at showing you stuff that you find interesting. (laughs) So I've I was really drawn to it because of that and then realized pretty quickly that there was almost no board game design content on TikTok like at all. There's maybe two or three accounts that kind of regularly talked about board game design in some capacity. So I figured I'd take try my hand at it and part of it what drew me to it is just You know, the opportunity that was there where, you know, if you get on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or other platforms, there's just a ton of resources for board game designers, just lots of communities around board game design and experts and professionals, you know, out there and interacting. And since that didn't exist on TikTok, I I thought it would be fun to kind of create that space where conversation around board game design could happen or hopefully folks that are brand new to designing or in, just interested in trying it out could kind of have someone like me that you know isn't I'm not like a, a veteran or an expert on it but I've been doing it for a few years and I've kind of seen some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes and wanted to jump in it's been it's been really positive I mean it's been fun getting to know people and having people kind of sh- show me what they're working on or, or ask questions about the process and yeah, it's been fun. <laughs>
2: nice. Have you seen any like downsides to it at all?
0: To to TikTok or to like board game designs? St- like, what do you? Like, yeah, t- 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 TikTok for
2: board game designer as the platform. Well, let's let's just say, what do you hate about it?
0: <laughs> what do I hate about TikTok?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: that's a, that's a fun question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't really hate much. I mean, like I said, it's really curated. So what I I see stuff on TikTok that I enjoy and that I want to watch, you know, like there's probably a lot going on on TikTok that isn't that exciting or that I would hate if I got engaged with it. I don't know. I feel like being one of the first board game design focused accounts has been like challenging in that, like, there's just not a lot of awareness. uh, There's not a lot of exposure. Like people aren't on there for board game design or aren't looking for board game design on TikTok because it doesn't really exist.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like it would be hard to try and portray board game design, which is the challenge that you obviously over overcame, right? Like, I, I guess my question would be like, I haven't seen, I, I don't even go on TikTok because yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like it would annoy me. <laughs> so right. I'm sorry I haven't seen your stuff, Mondo, but
0: that's fine. That's you know, most people uh, haven't. <laughs>
1: How do you feel, like, I guess, like, how creative do you feel you have to be to, like, produce a video for it? Like, do you feel like you have to be more creative than you would another platform? Or
0: I probably should be more creative than I am. I've kind of settled into, like, I'm, I'm just focused on, on doing what I, what I want to do on there, which is, like, just create informational content about board game design. So I'm not really focused on, like, getting, you know, going viral or having a huge follower list or, or you know have videos that have hundreds of thousands of views so with that approach it's been it's been really satisfying because i've just i don't know like like i'm not disappointed that i'm not whatever getting getting all sorts of attention on it because that's not really why i'm on there like i'm on there because i i, I want to provide kind of a service and yeah, yeah. And space for people.
1: to me it sounds like you're on it almost like a small blog for yourself right you pop on you do a minute I'm assuming you're doing like a minute talking about something that you learned or or what you want to Mm -hmm. tell people, new people, old people, whatever. Am I right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, most of what I, most of my stuff is, yeah, I'll just like pick a topic like contracts or co-designing or something like that. And just, yeah, just kind of talk about my experience or what to expect or how to make a sell sheet or whatever. Just like one thing. And yeah. And since that's such kind of a niche thing, like, the people that interact with that are really into it. Like, they're really excited to talk about stuff like that or ask questions or whatever.
1: I think that's awesome. I think that's a really good way to reach people, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, it's, it's been it's been effective. I, I've It's also been cool because I've been able to connect with, I mean, like, folks like you, which has been great, different content creators across the board game world, but, but also with a lot of publishers. A lot of publishers are on there and don't have... 10, 20, 30,000 people following them, like, cause they're all relatively new mm-hmm. to TikTok. So, I mean, I've been able to connect and like pitch games and, you know, like make relationships awesome. through TikTok just because it's not like a saturated medium, which has been really cool. Yeah.
1: Have you, have you tried other
0: platforms? I mean, I'm, no, I, I don't. I'm just curious. I don't. I mean, this is... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just curious if you tried any other platforms or if you felt other platforms just don't offer the way TikTok. Like TikTok does, or, or wh- why you think it's easier to produce for TikTok than you would another platform? I guess I just threw like three questions at you in a row, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's that's good. I'm tracking. I mean, I I use other platforms just personally, but it really is like the saturation of it. Like I would never try to create. I mean, something like a YouTube channel where I'm talking about board game design, just because there's so many people that do that. It would. I feel like it would be. If my goal is to like reach an audience when those platforms are so saturated, it it, it wouldn't be, it'd be a lot harder. So no, <laughs> <laughs> TikTok works for what I'm trying to do. And I've, I've, yeah, I'm, I'm happy there for sure. That's
2: awesome.
1: That's cool. Cause I mean, I guess you basically found a niche that didn't exist and you added to it. I think that's great.
2: Yeah. I only see, I've only seen yourself and I believe their name is Becky from Rainbow Rabbits. I think are the only yeah. two board game designers that I've seen on TikTok that kind of give a behind-the-scenes look at the the process, which is pretty neat.
0: Yeah, Becky's awesome, and she she's she's a she has self-published her game, so she's got on that other another side of design, which is fun. Because I people ask me about self-publishing, I'm like, go check out Becky's account because she, <laughs> she knows that stuff. I don't.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a whole oh, other yeah. world too. It's a whole other yeah, world for sure. Awesome for sure. Okay, how about this? How about okay. this? Mondo top top board game go. Blood Rage. <laughs> Blood Rage? Oh wow. That's Blood a, Rage. It's a complicated one. Okay, what would your second one be? I haven't played Blood Rage, so keep going until we uh <laughs> <laughs> what <when> I played.
0: <laughs> mm, probably Battlestar Galactica.
1: Wow. I've heard good things. You know they're remaking that, right?
0: Are they? I did not know that.
1: Yeah, they're remaking it. They didn't get the Battle Glo- Battlestar Galactica theme.
0: I had a for before the pandemic, every year I had a a uh, annual board, Battlestar Galactica game where uh, for my birthday. That was my, always my birthday party. It was like my gamer friends would come over and we'd play Battlestar Galactica.
1: That's a nice. pretty complicated game to get your friends to play for your birthday. Oh, yeah. that's, that's why you're pulling the birthday card, right?
0: Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's like a four or five hour thing too. So it's like, this is it. This is the only time of the year you have to play this with me. <laughs> it's my birthday.
1: <laughs> and they're all like, oh, fine. <laughs> that's all right. It, 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 no, actually, I was right. It is called Unfathomable. So it's a remake okay. of Battlestar Galactica, but with the Arkham Horror theme. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because they couldn't get the Battlestar Galactica theme. At least that's what I heard. Maybe, maybe they just didn't want to do a Battlestar Galactica again. I don't know. But yeah, Sounds it's it's a, ba-
2: basically the same game from what I heard. I don't know about you, Matt, but mondo's sparked some inspiration in me to get our game back out there. I'm not doing it. (laughs) So,
1: I mean, (laughs) uh, that ship has sailed two and a half years ago, buddy. I think this is it.
0: That's true. Yeah. What was the game? What was it about?
2: I think mean, we could talk about it. It was
1: like a simple
0: yeah.
2: card game. Yeah, we were just, we just sat around. We just played like, it we was in... kind of like rock, paper, scissors-esque mechanic. And basically we were just trying to battle each other out. Last card, last man standing type thing. We had a lot of fun playing it. I don't yeah. know if everyone, kind of the same moment that you were saying,
1: like when you brought it to your family and like, they're all like super positive. We had a couple friends play it. and They're like, yeah, it's
2: okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're like, okay, well,
2: <laughs> yeah. maybe it's not as good as we thought. And then I think we we tried to make it, like, overly complicated for what it was, and then...
1: Right, and, and then, and then like, I guess, like, the other part of it, too, was that we were trying to self-publish, so we were lear- trying to learn all, so many different things, oh, yeah. and we had, we had like, a group of us, and we all wanted to do it together, so it was kind of, like, a fun project, but it became less fun for them, They it started becoming work. Well, when you start realizing how much goes into it. Yeah. And, a lot of... and only like John and I were the most motivated for it. But really me and John just wanted to do something creative, I think. And yep. that turned into mm-hmm. podcasting, which which we really enjoy.
0: Sure. Cool. Well, if you ever want want someone to take a look at it. Yeah. If you good. get ba- if you get back <laughs> on the Get back on the train. All right. Wagon.
2: Mondo, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. You can find Color Field by 25th Century, published by 25th Century Games on Kickstarter early next year. And uh, Mansplaining, published by Breaking Games a little bit later on in the year. Awesome. Do you want to uh, plug yeah. your socials again? Your TikTok, I guess? Yeah, sh-
0: sure. Yeah, so if you want to check out my TikTok, the handle is at Mondo, And you can visit mondodavis.com for all my links and updates on games and stuff like that there you go
2: awesome thanks again we really appreciate you coming on it's actually very insightful and i enjoyed it a lot yeah thanks it's for us. Yeah. appreciate it of course right.
0: yeah thanks for having me on guys it was fun awesome
2: if you like what you hear don't forget to leave us a review on apple Podcasts or follow us on your favorite streaming platform you can check us out on instagram at friday night games underscore official twitter at friday night gms tiktok at friday night games and on our website at friday night dot and again I am John, I'm Matt, and it's Friday night, so let's have some fun.